to David tells us and, and tempts us, leads us to believe that we are to run at, at another person's pace. That, that we live in a culture that, that is constantly bombarding us with messages that say we need to keep up with the Joneses, that we need bigger and better and brighter and shinier, and that, that in other words, we need to pursue someone else's pace. And perhaps some of us are listening today, and you look at your life and you realize that temptation has been real and true from, from time to time throughout your life. That as you examine your life, you go, man, I, I know that, that I have given into that temptation where I've tried to run, you know, faster than I should have, so to speak, metaphorically speaking. Or I've, I, I've you know, I've tried to keep up with that person or I've tried to keep up with that other uh, business across town. I've tried to keep up with another church and with this or that or, or individually. You know, I've tried to keep up with, with the material goods of someone else. And, and you know, we've tried to, to keep pace. As I mentioned last week, I've always been a runner. And so... Uh, I, I primarily ran in junior high and did cross country. Uh, you heard me tell the story last week if you were uh, part of our, our weekend services, but um, I hadn't run a, a, an official race since middle school, so about 20 years ago. And so a couple years ago when I started to get in shape, Mike Ash, our associate pastor, uh, approached me and he said, bro, you got to run a 5K. You got to do this. He knew I, I, I like to run and he knew I was getting in shape. And he said, you got to come with me and, and let's do the turkey trot in Cape Coral. It's a 5K race in Cape Coral on Thanksgiving morning at like 7 in the morning or some ridiculous hour that you're supposed to get up on a holiday. Nonetheless, I wasn't bitter. I was happy to do it. Happy to oblige you, Mike. Thanks for the prodding. Appreciate that. So uh, Mike talks me into running the turkey trot. And so we get there. You know, I wake up at, oh, dark 30. I'm like, honey, are you going to come and support me in the race? He's like, no. It's Thanksgiving morning, and the race is like at 7 a.m. No, good luck. Go get them. So Mike and I show up at this race a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago. And uh, I ran the turkey trot. And so Mike is, is much more athletic than I am, certainly in much better shape than I am. Uh, and is a much, 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 much younger than I am. And so Mike decided for this race that he would just stay with me, that he would kind of forego his pace, but he would just stay with me, and we'd run the, the turkey trot together. So, you know, there's like a 1,000 people there. It's really exciting. It's really cool. It was awesome. And so, you know, they, they hit the gun, and everybody takes off, you know. And so we're running. We're doing pretty well. And so throughout the race, you know, Mike is just, you know, encouraging me and just staying with me and how you feeling, how you doing, and just being such an encourager. So we get to like the last, I don't know, third of a mile. And basically, there's like two right turns and you're in. And so Mike's like, there's the finish line, see it, two right turns, and we're in. And then he does the devilish thing. Then he looks at me and he goes, stay with me, don't fall behind. And he takes off in a dead run. Well, of course, as the older and wiser elder among us, I couldn't be outdone by the young punk. So I take off chasing him. And so we're just like, <laughs> and he's like, the whole time, the last, no lie, the whole the last third of a mile, half mile, whatever it was, 50 miles, whatever it was, Mike is yelling at me, come on, don't fall behind, keep up with me. And I'm just like, <laughs> Just chasing him down. So we crossed the line. Now, the good thing was I wanted, my goal was to finish the race in like 35 minutes. And I finished the race, thanks to Mike Ash, our wonderful associate pastor, in like 29.32. So like, I thought, well, yeah, that's great. That's great. 
until I paid the price later that day. Like I crossed the finish line and they're like, hey, you want some water? I'm like, I'm that guy. You know, I'm like over in the corner going, you know, Johnny, it was ugly. It was ugly. My son was there. I'm like, son, this is how you be a, (laughs) you know, it was bad. It was bad. And here's the deal. See, the reason why it was not a good experience for me, no lie, I was, I was sore for like the next week. And the reason why is because I didn't run it at my pace. And here's the big idea of, of our of weekend talk. And if you hear nothing else I say, I hope you get this. That if we don't know our pace, then we run the risk of doing harm. More harm than good. Of course, when you move from the race metaphor into the race of our life and discovering and finding our pace of the race that God's called us to run, you begin to realize that that this is true. That if we try and run at a pace that is different than the one God designed for us in our life to run, we risk doing harm to ourselves, to our spiritual life, to our career, to our marriages, to our relationships, to our children. That's why I believe this is such an important message for us to understand this weekend. Because God has a pace that he wants us to run our race by. And we must discover what that is. So, here's what I want us to do. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me. If you don't, that's totally fine. The verses will be on the screen behind me. You'll be able to follow along there. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, we find this metaphor of a race once again. Let's look at it together. Here's what it says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and then here's the metaphor, and let us run with perseverance. In other words, let us run for the long term. The race marked out before us. That God says, here's what I want you to do. I have a race that I want you to run, and I have a pace with which I want you to run that race. For the long term, not just the short term race, but for the long term. And that's going to require that you throw off Everything that entangles, that hinders, that keeps you from running your race at the pace that God has designed and called you to run it at. So how do we do that? Well, he continues on, and throughout the next several verses of this chapter, he gives us what I would consider five priorities of the pace that God wants us to run our race by. Let's continue on in verse 2. It says this, Therefore, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. If you want to take a couple of notes there in your bulletin and follow my train of thought through the next few minutes, I would love that. Here's the first priority of the pace that God wants us to live our life by, and it's this. Number one, we have to understand that Jesus sets our pace. That it's Jesus that sets the pace of our life. In other words, Jesus, did you catch it? It says he's the author. In other words, he's the one who begins this whole deal. He's the one who is writing the story of our life. He's the one who is laying out the track, so to speak, for us to run. And he is, he is the one who knows the perfect, he's the perfecter of our faith. He knows the perfect pace for our life. And let me just say this. 
I believe that this is a word for many of us this weekend. Because I believe that there, there are some of us who are listening to me today, either in this room or online or in another environment somewhere, and you in your life have questioned God about the pace of your life. That at some point in your life, you've, you've questioned God. That you, you've looked at your life and you said, God, I really thought by the time I reached this age, I would be further along. God, I really, I, I don't understand how, how they seem to have just this smooth road, this easy road, and they're able to run a low, whole lot faster in their life, whoever they are, than we are. God, I really thought that, that I wouldn't have to go through a nasty divorce like this. That's really set my pace back. And I just believe that there are many of us listening today, and that's you, that you have questioned the pace of God for your life. And I, I just want to, if that's you, I just want to speak to you. I believe that God has a word for you today. And it's, this, I mean, I just felt this for so many weeks leading up to this weekend. Jesus is the author. that He is the one who sets the pace for our life. And every runner knows that throughout the course of a race, there are, there are zones where, where you have to run at different paces. At the beginning of a race, oftentimes the, the pace is quick and it's fast because of the crowd and the, the adrenaline. But then you settle into a more reasonable pace. And there are times where, as a runner, you have to run uphill. Well, when you run up a large hill, which, by the way, some of us who have been around, like born and raised in southwest Florida, a hill is where the land actually piles up. And, like, it's this big, and you actually run up. It's, it's, it, I don't know, you've probably never seen one. Anyway, <clears throat> there are these zones in a, throughout the course of an entire race where the pace must slow. That we can't run up a hill at the same speed that you run down a hill or that you would run on a flat surface. That every race has different zones where the pacing must vary. And listen, if you've questioned God on some level about the pace of your life, well, God, I really thought my retirement fund would be a lot bigger than it is right now. God, I really thought that it would look different than this. God, I really thought I could move at, at a faster pace in my career. Or in my relationships. Listen, if you've ever questioned God on the pace of your life, can I just encourage you? Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who knows the perfect pace for your life. And he, I believe that God would say to you today, you can trust him. You can trust him. It's okay. This is a marathon. Run the race with perseverance for the long term. And in the short term, it may look like in your life, like the pace has slowed. Maybe some of us to a ridiculously slow pace. But God would say, it's okay. Trust me. I'm the author and perfecter of the pace in your life. So he continues on, and he, he, the writer of Hebrews, he encourages in verses 2, 3, and 4, and he talks about how Jesus suffered on the cross and how he paid... Such a great price. And then in verse 5, he, he comes back to the reader. And he reminds them of an encouragement. Here's what it says, verse 5. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons and daughters. Then he goes on to basically tell them, listen, when your life gets tough, when things are, are, are not what you thought they would be, when the pace doesn't quite keep up with where you thought God should 
be in your life or how we should show up in your life. Here's the word of encouragement. De- never forget that our, our pace must include others. He says, don't forget that you are a son and a daughter of God, that we are children of God, that we were never meant to run this race of our life alone. And can I just tell you here at Next Level Church, this, this idea of living in community, this idea of, of, of positioning our life so that we run together is absolutely central to all that we do and all that we are, all that, uh, that we want to create in terms of environments. We believe that no one is supposed to run their race of faith alone. And here's what I think. I think there are some people who are listening today and you're running your race alone. That in a sober moment, you would have to admit, Matt, I'm lonely. Matt, I'm I'm not, I don't have anyone else in my life, a friend or a couple of friends that I can confide in, that I can just be myself with my whole self, that I can just back up the truck of my life and just bleh all over. Matt, I don't have anybody like that. Guys, this is why we at Next Level Church have created our connection groups. I'm so excited because the next weekend, May 14th and 15th, all weekend long, we're premiering our Next Level Church magazine for our summer semester of connection groups. Because, see, here's what we believe as a church. We believe that this is true. We believe that we are sons and daughters of God and that he wants us to run our race with others. That God doesn't want us to run alone. And so next weekend, we're going to be premiering our Next Level Church magazine, and it'll have stories and articles of families and features of of how God's worked in, in different families of our church. But even more than all of that, it will have a complete listing of dozens and dozens and dozens of opportunities. For you and I, every one of us who are part of Next Level Church, either a lot apart or, or loosely involved in Next Level Church, where we can find community, where we can find relationship with others. And, and around here, we have what we call an interest-based or free market, if you will, philosophy of small groups. And here's what that means. That means that we want our small groups to be easy to join, easy to get out of. We want our, our connection groups to be easy on-ramps relationally. And so we have, we have all sorts of small groups. We have, we have some connection groups that are Bible studies that are just intense. We have marriage groups. We have cooking groups. We have sewing groups. We have running groups. Whatever your interest is, we have a connection group, or we strive to have a connection group for that. And if we don't have one, congratulations, you're the new leader of that group. Listen, that's our heart. You know why? Because we don't think anyone should have to run the race alone. Our pace must include others. That's why we do things like Girls' Night Out. That's why we do things like Man Night. What's up now? That's why we do these things. Because, listen, these aren't just, we're not just hosting events. But believe me, none of us, including me or, or my staff, need more events to throw and pull off or to, to try and do or whatever. No, 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 no. Listen. We don't need, all of us know this, we don't need one more thing to go to. You know what we need? We need strategic on-ramps where we can connect with others. And ladies, I believe there are many of you who are in here today, and you're thinking to yourself, I want to go to Girls Night Out, but I don't, what if I don't know anybody, and what if I, ah." now we men, here's what we do, yeah, no, I ain't going, I'm busy. Come on, men, suck it up. Come on, ladies. This This is a strategic opportunity. 
for us to, to put it out there. This is an easy on-ramp, an easy next step. And here's what I believe. I believe that next Friday night for the ladies could be an opportunity, ladies, where you could connect with some people who could be just amazing friends and could run a long distance of your race together for the next several months or years or even decades. And it simply takes us going, all right, I'll take a, I'll take a small step. And I'll step into an environment like girls' night out or like man night. And I'll risk it and I'll put it out there and I'll be friendly and I'll, and I'll watch what God does because we believe we are not designed to run this race alone. So then he continues on in verse 7. And the writer of Hebrews continues with this conversation of running our race for the long term with perseverance and, and what that means in terms of the individual pace that God's called each one of us to run our race with. And he says this in verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. And here's why. Because God is treating you as sons and daughters. God's treating you as his kids. In other words, he says, throughout the course of your race that you're running in your life, occasionally the pace will get hard. Occasionally it's not going to be easy. Occasionally hardship Trouble, trials, difficulty will come. And when it comes, number three, here's what we have to understand. The stretching of our pace helps us grow. The writer of Hebrews says, I want you to understand that is, is running the race for God, is, is for giving your whole life to Jesus, is committing yourself to this whole, to this race. It will include seasons where the pace of your life will be hard. There will be times throughout your race where it will get tough. And here's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. When it does, what I want you to do is endure it as discipline. And here's the thing. Nobody likes discipline, do we? And it's kind of funny, actually, because like in the church world over the last 10 or you know, 15, 20 years, we've had this huge like, e e emphasis on the word discipleship. And we love in the church world to talk discipleship, discipleship, and we need discipleship classes and discipleship this, discipleship this. And what is a disciple after all? And how does one know when they've been discipleship? All of those things, right? Okay, we love the word discipleship, but when you go back to the root word of disciple or discipleship, the word is discipline. And here's the thing for so many of us who are Christians who are like, oh, no, I don't like that. <laughs> like discipline is somehow a four-letter word in the church world. It's like, right, nobody likes that. Matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews continues that thought all the way through verse 11. Look at verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. He's like, well, duh. Nobody likes discipline. Nobody likes the race to be hard. He says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Yes, it's pain, and pain is a four-letter word. It's painful, but then look what he says. Later on, however, it, being discipline, the pain of our journey, produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 
What's he saying? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, our attitude when we're walking through a painful season, when we're enduring hardship, when when the discipline is coming on us, our attitude, our perspective, our heart walking through that has the ability for us to shut down and push away from God. Or our attitude, we have the choice of saying, no, God, I will engage this hard time. I will engage this discipline. I will engage this difficulty, this trouble. And and I will allow you to train me by it. And the writer of Hebrews says that when we allow God to train us in the hard times and not push away from him, the result is, did you see it in the verse? It will produce a harvest of what? Righteousness and peace. Which at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want to live our lives right, righteousness. And at the end of the day, we all want to live our lives with peace, don't we? Well, the writer of Hebrews says the only way to grow like that, the only way to see God produce in you, in your life, a harvest of of right living, of righteousness and peace is to allow the hard times to train us. To not run from the discipline and not buck against the discipline, but to lean into the discipline and say, God, if this hard season can teach me anything, Lord, I'm open. God, I I lean into you. God, whatever you want to do in this hard season of my life, God, I'll do that. And listen, I believe that's a word for us today. Because I think there are some of us who are listening today and you're walking through a painful season. You're walking through a hard season or you've just come out of one or you're just stepping into one. And I don't know the details of that, but here's what I know. God hasn't caused that hard season, but for some reason he's allowing it. In his long-term view of our life, he's allowing it. And some of you, I believe, some of us have been tempted to push back and go, God, forget it. If this is, if this is what it means to serve Jesus, I'm out. If this is what it means to, to, to be a part of, of the family of, of a loving God, then I'm out. If this, is what, if this is God's love, if my life stinks this bad, then no thanks. But can I just say this? Listen, we must never mistake the hard seasons of our life. We must never mistake the discipline that God allows to come, the hardship seasons of our life, we must never mistake those for a lack of God's love. Because in fact, verse 7 tells us that the reason he allows those things is because he loves us as sons and daughters, because he loves his kids. Matter of fact, verses 8, 9, and 10 in there. Actually, the writer actually talks about the fact that every loving earthly father disciplines their children because they know that that's how you train them up long term to be righteousness and peace. That's how it works. So listen, if you're going through a stretching season, if you're going through an uncomfortable season, can I just encourage you and challenge you? Don't lean out, lean in. Because when you lean in and allow God to train you up by it, it will produce in your life a harvest of righteousness and peace like you can't even imagine. So from verse 11, then he goes on to verse 12. And he says this, Therefore, in light of all of this, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths 
for your feet. Number four idea about our pace is this. Number four, finding our pace means strengthening our strength. He says, okay, in light of the fact that this race isn't always going to be easy, in light of the fact that, that in life we're going to have difficulty and trouble, in light of the fact that, that God wants us to run at a very specific pace, then it is more important than ever that you strengthen your strengths, that, that, that your feeble arms, your weak knees that have potential, that, that, that the path that you run on, that you do everything you can to make your path ahead of you level. In other words, that you position your life to play to your strengths so that you can run most effectively. And around here, that we've created what we call our Discover events. They, they start next Sunday night, May the 15th, and then the week after that, May 22nd. It's a two-week deal. And our Discover events at Next Level Church are designed to help every one of us discover and figure out how God has wired us, how God has created us, the strengths, if you will, that God's placed in us. And our heart as a church is to position every single one of us who are a part of Next Level in any way, shape, or form to know what your strengths are, to know where your passions, your giftings, your talents lie so that you can get out of the stands, get onto the field, and use them for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. That's what our Discover events are designed to do, is to strengthen our feeble arms and our weak knees and to make level our paths. And then verse 13 tells us the reason why this is so important. Look at this. Verse 13 says this. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Number five, finding our pace impacts others. Finding our pace impacts others. The writer of Hebrews says, listen, when we're talking about the race of your life, here's what you need to understand. The race of your life is never just about your life. Guys, listen, the race of our life is about others. Did you see it in the language? He says, make level past your feet. In other words, do all of these things. Endure hardship. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of, of the pace of your faith. Do all of these things that we've been talking about for the last few minutes because there are lame people out there who need us to run our race at our pace, who need us to get this right, who need us to know what our strengths are. There are other people out there who are lame, he says. And he says, the reason why you got to make level paths for your feet, the reason why you got to get this right is because when you do, it brings healing to those around you who are lame. There are lame people in our offices at work. There are lame people in our schools, in our classrooms, in our hallways. There are lame people in the restaurants today, and they don't even know they're lame. There are lame people all around us in our neighborhoods, in our families. And they need us to get this pace of our race right. Because the writer of Hebrews says, listen, when you find your pace, when you live your life with Jesus as the author, and you allow him to establish your perfect pace, and you trust him, when you run this race for the long term with others, when you discover who you are on the inside and who I've wired you to be, when those things begin to come together for you, the result is 
other people's lives are changed. And I can't even begin to tell you how every single week my wife and I go and we stand out in the foyer after service, every one of our services, and people walk up to us every single week and they say, hey, I've been praying for my coworker for like five years. They came this morning. Or they'll walk up and they'll go, hey, two weeks ago, one of my classmates that I've been inviting and they've been just blowing me off and blowing me off, they said they were going to come. And they did, and two weeks ago they came. And man, they raised their hand, and God came into their life, and you can see the transformation happen. People walk up to us in the foyer after every service, every weekend, and they say things like, you know what, we've been coming for two years, and two years ago when we started coming, our marriage was just in the toilet. But I just want to thank you, because God's done a miracle in our marriage. Guys, listen, the lame will be healed, Hebrews says. The lame will be healed when you and I get our pace right. So here's my question for us this weekend. What's the action step for you? See, I think that every one of us, over the last few minutes, here's what I think has happened. I think that God, according to His Word, has has pricked an area in our heart. And I think it's different for every one of us. And so for us, our challenge as, as a church is always this, to present the Word of God like we've done this morning and then give us an opportunity to put our life in front of it and say, okay, that where are the holes? Where are the gaps? Where do I need to, where, what do I need to do now? In light of the truth of God's Word and my life laid in front of it, what's, what's my action step now? For some of us, our action step is we need to sign up for our Discover event. And you need to do that today. You need to, I'm going to be there the next two Sunday nights. May 15th and May 22nd, 5 to 7, free food, free child care, free fun. I like fun. You need to sign up. Some of us, you need to sign up and you need to get your ticket for Girls Night Out. Men, some of you need to go pay for your wife's ticket for Girls Night Out. You need to say, baby, I got the kids. I got all the responsibilities. The house will be clean when you get home. Dishes will be taken care of. Okay, don't do that because that's just lying. That doesn't please the Lord either, which we'll talk about at man night the next week. What's your action step? What do you need to do? Some of you need to cross a line in your heart that when the magazine comes out next weekend that you're going to get in a connection group or two, that you're going to find some friends, that you're going to lean into this thing. Some of you need to trust the author, the perfecter of the pace of your life because you've been questioning God's timing in your life for whatever reason, in whatever way. Some of you, you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, that he is not the author of your race, of your faith. And you need to put your faith in Christ today. You can do that. So here's what I want us to do. Before Pastor Scott comes back and we move a different direction in our service, I want to have, us have a time of prayer. And if you're listening today, I just want to lead us in a prayer. And in your heart today, wherever you're at, whatever action step you need to take, I want you to step across that line today in your heart. And I believe that when we do, the results will be magnificent. The stories we're going to get to tell in the coming weeks of how God touched the lame in some way, shape, or form in our community are going to come pouring in. So can we pray together? Across this room, let's just bow our heads. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to hear your word unpacked and explained and then to line our lives up against it. So, Father, right now, I just pray for every single one of us who are listening today. 
God, you know the action step that we need to take, and so do we. And so, Lord, right now, in the stillness of this moment, we just step across that line. We're deciding right now to have the conversation. We're deciding right now to buy the ticket. We're deciding right now to take the step, to take the risk. We're deciding right now to move out. We're deciding right now to go forward. We're deciding right now to put our faith in you. We're deciding right now to no longer question you, but to trust you. Jesus, we want to run this race at your pace. So, Father, I pray that you would allow us, Jesus, to lean into you, to never get ahead of you or too far behind you, but to allow you to be the author and perfecter of our faith that the lame around us might be healed. So, Father, we pray these things together in Jesus' name and all across this room, everyone said,